Welcome to another episode of Studies in Empathy, a Cleveland Clinic podcast exploring empathy and patient experience. I'm your host, Steph Fair, Senior Director of the Office of Patient Experience here at the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm very pleased to have with me Christine Baumberger. Christine, welcome to Studies in Empathy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Christine's a music therapist here at the Cleveland Clinic, and we're really charged up to have her here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, let's start at the beginning. How long have you been with the Cleveland Clinic, and what inspired you to become a music therapist? So I have actually been at the clinic now for nine years, all as the inpatient pediatric music therapist. It, it's really, really, truly my dream job. Uh, I originally wanted to go to school for musical theater, but when I found out that my university had music therapy, I kind of started looking into that because I had heard about music therapy when I was in high school um, because I had read some studies about music therapy and music interventions um, for those suffering from Alzheimer's disease, which my grandfather at the time was battling. So I kind of feel like he kind of like led me to the, to the field. And so after I like had heard about it and read about it, I switched my major and I Truly never looked back. <laughs> Where'd you go to college? Uh, Shenandoah University. It's in Virginia. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that you were led to it. Mm-hmm. So the focus of the podcast that we do here, it's about empathy. Can we talk a little bit, can we start with what music therapy does in providing compassion or empathetic care to patients? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. So I guess I'll, I'll start. So music therapy sessions are specifically orchestrated pun intended, <laughs> for uh, each individual and their specific needs. So we we actually work alongside of the medical team, not just to address the physical needs of those in the hospital, but the emotional needs, the cognitive, the social, even the spiritual needs of the patients as they work towards physical healing. I think that's a really important part of you know treating the whole person. And in terms of individualized, empathetic, compassionate care, um, we use what we call patient preferred music in each session. So, so Steph, what kind of music do you like? I like all kinds of music, but my favorite would mm-hmm. be the piano driven, like Billy Joel. Ooh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So is there a kind of music that you don't like? I am not as big into country music these days. Okay. So if, if I was referred to you by a physician, let's say you were having trouble with your pain or anxiety and they referred you to music therapy. I would not come in and do Keith Urban, or I would not play you country music because that's not what's going to be most therapeutic for you. You would probably kick me out of the room and be like, all right, no, thank you. I'm going to use the music that you love. I'm going to meet you where you're at and use use the music that you love to meet your needs. Sometimes it's hard because people think music therapy is just for our geriatric population or just for little kids, but it's, it's really for everybody. And I always tell, especially some of my teenage patients, Hey, look, I'm not going to come in here and play you twinkle twinkle unless, unless that's what you want to hear. But the whole kind of point is to, to really specifically mold our sessions to each individual patient. So, you know, they just don't, they don't feel like just a number. They, they're using what they love to, help heal. I love that you talked about personalization and meeting people where they are, Mm -hmm. not where we are. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So 
it, just from a, an empathy perspective, it sounds important, mm-hmm. but are there scientific or other ways that we can show the interventions benefit patients? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There, music therapy is an clinical and evidence-based practice. Um, it really has shown to alleviate pain, reduce stress, anxiety, improve communication, just to name a few. Also in, in many arenas, not just the hospital, but um, in schools, in jails, um, in nursing homes, uh, you can you can find lots and lots of peer-reviewed journal articles, case studies about music therapy and some of the specific interventions we use. Um, you know, some of the journals might be Journal of Music Therapy or in other related healthcare publications from lots of different specialties, psychology, cancer care, neuroscience. Really, really, there's there's the science to back it up. That's awesome. So one of my favorite things about you, about a year ago, I was in the hallways here and you pulled me aside and said, come look at what we're doing. Um, Because music therapy at the Cleveland Clinic is part of our art and medicine program and it is within patient experience. So you grabbed me and you convinced me to come see an empty room at the time. (laughs) And I didn't have your vision, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I got there. Mm -hmm. And you took it upon yourself to create a recording studio for pediatrics and for our patients. Can you... Tell us about this and where did the idea come from and and how you made that happen? Because it is incredible, just incredible. Yeah, it truly, truly is one of the projects I'm really most proud of. It was a labor of love. It took a while, took some time to convince people that, hey, this is what we need. But again, some of the research out there is showing us that we need some, you know, technology is a driving force in our lives and a huge presence in our lives and in our children's lives. So you know, the Cleveland Clinic wants us to be innovative. And even in our psychosocial care, how can we be innovative? And my idea of this recording studio was kind of my way of doing that. Um, You know, a lot of the larger standalone children's hospitals have spaces like our recording studio. They have radio stations come in. Um, But even though we may be smaller than some of those standalone children's hospitals, our patients at Cleveland Clinic Children still deserve to benefit from what those spaces can provide. Um, those, those spaces provide an opportunity for self-expression, for learning new coping skills, to even just get out of their room and to do something fun, exciting, allow them to express themselves, create music, record something like this, a podcast. Um, really the possibilities are, are endless. And really I'm, I'm fortunate that I had the support of our arts and medicine team, the office of patient experience and a, a lot of monetary support from really, really generous donors to make this happen. It's incredible that you are a bedside inpatient therapist. You're very busy with patients all day long mm-hmm. and you still had the vision and then the execution. And you're not someone who gets to create a budget. Not that, That's a gift. Trust me, it's not. <laughs> but that's not in your normal day to day. And yet you found this vision and mm-hmm. you found the right folks to rally with you. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we have some very generous donors that help make it possible. Absolutely. But tremendous kudos to you for, for sticking your neck out there and, and saying we can do better for our patients. And here's how. Yeah, absolutely. This it's, it's a really, really 
really amazing space and we've gotten to use it to create some really amazing projects. Kind of looks like the studio we're in now, just a little bit of a smaller size, but yeah. So paint that for me for those that, that aren't in the studio with us. What what equipment do you have? What does it look like? Yeah, so you you walk in and, and it's got lots of music production technology. We've got musical instruments. We've got a couple of keyboards, guitar, all that can be plugged into various interfaces and laptops. Uh, we've got, like I said, laptops, headphones, editing software, beat makers. We've even got a green screen to make music videos. You name it, it's it's probably in there. All of these things just allow our patients to express themselves through music, through storytelling, through songwriting, recorded speech. You know, everyone kind of wants to go viral these days. So learning how to do some of these more technologically savvy things is really exciting for some of these patients and families. And this space actually is also where our music therapists do a lot of our heartbeat recordings. Um, so not only do our patients and their families get to use this space, but we have a space where we can create some of these projects that we're working on on a daily basis um, in a place that's quiet, conducive to music making. It's great. The, the space, it might sound to those listening like, oh, how much room do you have for it? It's a little bit bigger than a closet. Mm -hmm. It's not a very big space. It's an old office that was converted for this. Um, but you just mentioned heartbeat recordings. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us? So that's one of the recordings that we're delivering in the space, but what is a heartbeat recording? I don't know if people know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I can, I can speak to some of the different recordings, but uh, to speak directly to the heartbeat recording that you just mentioned, this is probably where the studio gets the most use, especially from by our music therapists. So my music therapy colleagues and I are able to record a patient's heart sounds using a digital stethoscope and then set that heartbeat to music. So the songs that the patients and their families select can be adjusted to be played to the tempo of the heartbeat that we recorded and then memorialized on an MP3 or inside a teddy bear or put on a CD for a gift that perhaps sometimes can long outlive its source. We do often do these recordings at the end of a patient's life, but sometimes we can do it for other reasons. Like um, I do them for pre and post heart transplants or to soothe NICU babies with the sound that they heard, you know, in utero, their mother's heartbeat. Um, I, I've also done heartbeat recordings for siblings who were separated because of the visitation restrictions during COVID. So they could still have a way to feel connected to each other despite one sibling being admitted. Well, Christine, this sounds amazing. Do you have any examples? I do. I brought one with me today. I'm happy to share it with you. This is a heartbeat recording? Yes. So great.
What a powerful tool. Those come out just, they're always so beautiful, no matter the purpose. Um, you know, it's, it's really, truly an honor to create those recordings. That's such a gift. What other recordings do we do? Ooh, lots of different types can be made in our in our magic little studio. I've had um, I've had parents of NICU babies come to the studio to record themselves singing lullabies Aww. to be played at the bedside. Yeah, when you know sometimes they're not able to be at the hospital and those babies still need appropriate stimulation. They yeah. still need those opportunities for bonding. I've worked uh, I worked like an entire rap track with a patient who created their own beats using our instruments. They wrote their own lyrics. They recorded them on top of those beats, and it, that came out really, really wonderful. They were admitted for quite a, a long time, so this was a project we were able to work on throughout their admission. That's cool. Yeah, and then I did make a music video to commemorate a patient's final inpatient chemotherapy admission, so that was kind of... That, that was that. really exciting. And so he, they were very proud of that and sent it around to all their caregivers <laughs> and and friends. And oh. oh, it was great. So really, really whatever the patients need, I feel like now we have a way to, to do that. And to, again, to go back to meet these kids where they are and using the technologies that, that they see and that they want to learn about and that all their favorite music producers are using. It's it's really cool. It is so cool. Yeah. Is there a story that you can share that captures the impact music or, or other art therapies have on patients? I love these stories. Yeah. Honestly, Seth, there, there's so many. And really, truly just being able to use something that's meaningful to a patient in their everyday lives, be it art or music, and then incorporating that into their medical care is just, it's so important and it's so rewarding. I think something that always stands out to me though, is when music or art therapy is referred for a patient who, you know, doesn't speak English. At Cleveland Clinic, we treat people from around the world, from many different cultures, many different backgrounds, and to bring something to them that humanizes and normalizes what can be a pretty sterile environment sometimes. often without needing words, because you don't really need words for music or, or art, um, truly speaks to the value of what our creative arts therapies can bring to the table to help heal. To heal. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. What are we not talking about today that we should? What have I not asked you about that you think we should raise up and think about? I think the whole purpose of this podcast is really important. And I think that message of empathy and compassion is so important to remember whether you are working with patients face to face or you're behind the scenes or you're you're a huck or you work with budgets i think empathy and compassion is so important to remember in in every aspect of life and work so i i really just appreciate being a part of this narrative i will also say I'll do a little plug that Creative Arts Therapy Week is coming up. It's the third week in March. So depending on when this perfect. comes out. This yeah, yeah. So if this, if you're hearing this during Creative Arts Therapy Week, make sure if you see a music art therapist or, or drama therapist or dance therapist in your life, 
just tell them you appreciate them and say, hey. All right, perfect timing. I love this. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. Yeah. Now, you know, as a music therapist, I'm not going to let you go until you tell me. <laughs> is there a song that you see as like a theme for you or like it just really resonates with you? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, with your musical theater background yeah. and your love of music, I'm always curious about people. You know, personally, that's a that's a tricky question. I would really have to think about that. Um I think it might change throughout the seasons of life, but Disney, especially since I work in pediatrics, Disney is huge. Oh, Disney of course. Is huge. But I really find that the song from Little Mermaid, yeah. Part of Your World, just like really resonates sometimes with these kids that are like in the hospital for a really long time. And some of these lyrics are just, they just like truly like speak to maybe the experience of just being cooped up in this place but there's a whole other world out there and just to get out there and I want to be I want to be out there where those people are and working to help them get to to get there but yeah so I whenever I hear that that song I just I don't know I think of our patients it's a great song Uh, I'm so glad you're part of our world here you're (laughs) out there with people thank you of course well I had a really lovely time talking to you yeah thanks for so much spending time with me of course This concludes the Studies in Empathy podcast. You can find additional podcast episodes on our website, my.clevelandclinic.org forward slash podcast. Subscribe to the Studies in Empathy podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.